Yo, Meshach, what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Doing great. Now, uh, Meshach, um, give yourself, give me an introduction on yourself for my listeners. Um, uh, 23 years old, live out in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, metalhead. Been a couple different bands. Uh, you know, uh, party animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, tell me the story on like how you, you were playing with a maniac at the time when you got your legendary vest stolen. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Funny enough, it was actually uh, our first show. <laughs> That's insane. Um, what was that night like? Uh, it was kind of a kind of a weird night actually, because uh, we were playing at a high school battle of the bands, and uh, we were definitely the only, you know, like heavy speed metal band there. Everyone else was either like playing some like pop music or like some swinging jazz or whatnot. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, definitely shocking for most of the audience when we went up there to play. Damn. So, like, how long did you have that vest for before that show? Oh, uh, let's see. I, I got it in about middle school, so I think I, at that point, had it for about, like, eight years or something. Damn. So, like, how, did you get it given to you by somebody, or was it kind of, like, passed down in, like, your family? Uh, no, it's actually... Uh, given well it started out as a friend of mine's grandpa's old biker vest that he's had since like 60s 70s and uh he handed it down to his grandson which is a friend of mine he then gave it to Corey boyd the singer or as the singer <laughs> the lead guitar player for spellcaster me and him were like uh have been good friends since like i was in sixth grade and he had this old biker vest sitting in his closet, and I thought it was, you know, like the coolest thing ever. Had this huge uh, Triumph motorcycle patch and this big old like winged Aerosmith patch up on the back of the neck, and uh, he ended up giving it to me because I mean it was just sitting in his closet. He's like, "Yeah, if you want that thing, go ahead." Wow. Then, uh, yeah, I mean, that after that, I mean, I took all the biker patches off, uh, like acid washed it a couple times and dyed it and started sewing my own patches on so like what what are some of the cool patches that are on there uh coroner uh nasty savage dio uh violence forbidden sepultura death angel morbid angel dark angel uh metal church uh, there's a huge Misfits patch on the inside, and uh, how come you, you know, put it on the box. inside? Um, well, <laughs> initially it's just because there was no more room on it. I had already uh, there's no room to put another giant back patch on, and uh, also kind of like the whole thing behind it was like, yeah, well, I've always kind of like not really been a huge punk, but it's always been you know kind of something that I started out listening to. So it's kind of like my way of like saying that I was a punk on the inside and all heavy metal on the outside. Awesome. And you also got some rigor mortis and Halloween Eve's patches on there oh, too, absolutely. right? And that, yeah, those are, <laughs> there's so many, I'm forgetting them. 
Yeah, Hallows Eve and Rigor Mortis have always been two of my all-time favorite bands. And uh, actually, uh, uh, Mike Sakasha, when he died, is how I hear it happened, is that he was actually playing live and had a heart attack. And I, I mean, that the guy is amazing, and it's, uh, it's a shame that he passed away. But I mean, I think that's the ultimate way to go out doing what you love. Yeah, I mean... I saw him play live once. Well, actually, a couple of times. I saw him, oh three ministry in New York, and then saw him in Texas. And just watching him is like, you swear, like he sold his soul to Satan or something to play that well, just because like the caliber of his performance was just unrivaled. Yeah, but, no, it's, it's he's a he's a well oiled, you know, heavy metal machine. There's no no question about it. Now, like, did you tell me, though, how the vest ended up getting out of your possession and just disappearing into, I don't know, the netherworld or something for a few years? Yeah, the abyss. (laughs) Um, Basically, uh, I I also, which I I haven't said anything about, but another vest that actually got stolen out of my truck a while ago. I still have no idea where that one went, but I have this other leather vest that had a bunch of spikes and I painted a King Diamond on the back of it. I was wearing that one while playing so I went ahead and said, set the uh, other vest on the side of the stage. We had all of our gear together and uh, we got done with our set and you know, I mean, we we're, were at a high school battle of the bands. There's a bunch of staff around. There's even like officers standing around and stuff. I'm like, oh, well, our safe's you know, our stuff's safe over here with all of our band gear. End of the night comes around, and I go to grab my vest, and it's missing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of peculiar. So I, get, you know, go around asking everyone. No one's seen it. And, uh, you know, made a report about it. And, uh, even like, that night I was probably spent a good, like, two and a half, three hours looking for it, even looked through the garbage cans, you know, couldn't find anything. And, uh, you know, I still really not even sure what what happened but obviously someone uh had stolen it and uh now i'm actually just still trying to figure out how in the heck you know it's obviously been like uh sold around and somehow ended up getting bought up by ralph lauren and used as a display now you have any idea on how many times your vest changed hands to end up no i yeah i I really have no idea at this point um i would imagine i mean it could be, you know, three or four people, or, you know, it could have been sold even more than that. And the the interesting thing is I'm I'm wondering how much someone actually ended up spending on that at the very end, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> for all I know, they spent, you know, a ridiculous amount. Damn. Like, um, you have any interest in, like, trying to go through like figuring out how Macy's got it and then how the person that sold it to Macy's got it and so forth? Or is it just kind of like, just give me the vest and I'm happy. I'll move on with my life. Yeah, the main objective, you know, for me, like until now at least, you know, just has just been to get that thing back. And uh, now, I mean, once I get it back, that's that's the next quest is to figure out how in the hell it got from uh, coast to coast. I mean, that it just kind of blows my mind. Like, there's got to be some 
some kind of story behind it as to how in the heck it got all the way over there. Damn, man. So, like, who, who started the um, – how did, I guess, the, the ball start rolling down the hill for this, like, get me Shaq's vest back on Facebook, then it going around on popular metal news sites, and then just bam, like Rolling Stone, the top of the hill, you know? Right. Yeah, um, basically, uh, I, I mean, I have a flip phone, so I don't even have, like, computer access when I'm just out and about, so – when I'd heard about it, I was like 30 miles south out in the boonies from where I live, uh, out in this town called Malala. So after I heard about it from Sergio, the drummer for Maniac, I you know rushed back home to get on the computer. And by that time, a really good friend of mine, Nicholas Prom, had already made the uh, Macy's Give Back uh, Meshach's Best page, and it was already you know starting to get uh, you know quite a few likes and support from different people so at that point uh then it just continued to get shared around and i mean really i didn't have a whole lot of hand in anything besides just you know providing what i know about what happened and you know identifying it myself and uh it just kept getting uh picked up by different uh different uh like news and whatnot and uh, I got contacted by our local rock radio station out here in Portland then after that then the local news and it just kind of kept getting spread around and spread around and (laughs) it just kind of blew up out of nowhere now like what was it like getting contacted for Rolling Stone though Uh, it was kind of bizarre really (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, especially uh, because, I mean, the, the whole thing was just kind of bizarre initially just because I'd never thought I'd ever see my best again. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've seen Rolling Stone growing up a bunch and, you know, like read some of their articles. And, you know, it's always been kind of like a pinnacle of the, uh, you know, like rock and roll and coverage and whatnot. So it was, the whole thing was actually kind of bizarre, actually telling my story to them so like was it like through email and stuff or did you actually like talk on the phone with somebody uh, i talked on the phone there's a guy named uh michael rovner and he's the one that actually uh, put the story together and i i'm not i think he's also affiliated with the uh new yorker as well and i think uh he had uh it was actually going to be in the New Yorker, but I think they uh, they didn't want to do the story, and Rolling Stone was all about it, so that's where it ended up going. So, like, how long was this interview for, like, with this guy? Uh, about, about like a half hour. I mean, there, there's I had quite a talk with him, and I'm you, you know he just kind of picked out the the main points, you know, the important stuff, and. That was the story. So I guess, um, what was like the preparation the writer went through in order to like tell the story about your stolen vest? Uh, I'm not not exactly sure. I mean, besides just, uh, I mean, he just asked me kind of like the the pinpoint questions as to how how this whole thing started and the backstory and everything. And uh, I mean, that that's about it as far as I know. Now, how long after the writer contacted you did it take for, like, the story to get online? 
Um, actually, it was it was almost like it was pretty much next day. I talked to him one night, and the next day he had uh, emailed me and uh, sent a text message to my phone. He's like, "Hey, uh, go to Rolling Stone," and then, so I went and checked it out. I was like, "Shoot, yeah." Yeah. For you personally, w- would you like enjoy being flown out to New York City to visit Macy so you could be able to like receive it personally? Yeah, that would be awesome. I've uh, I've never never been to uh, New York, and uh, it would you know it'd be cool to just get. Uh, honestly, the the ideal thing would to be to go out there and them allow me to you know smash that glass case open and <laughs> throw it right on and you know be the <laughs> be the ultimate uh, you know homecoming for the vest. Damn man, good luck with that, Eth. You have any hopes to maybe have this happen later this month or next month? Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully this month. I've actually just now finally been, uh, you know, and starting to be in contact with uh, Macy's and Ralph Lauren, and they're still trying to, uh, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's and just get everything, you know, settled, and they're. They had me uh, personally provide all the information and uh, whatnot. So it sounds like it's going to be very soon that I get the vest back. Like, if you get to go out to New York City, you have any um, destinations that you want to hit? Um, I'd, I'd try and hit up some people that live out there. I mean, I don't really know a whole lot about New York City besides what I've seen on uh, TV and movies and stuff. I mean, I'm... I know it's such a huge place that I know there's you know tons of different places to see. I definitely want to uh, go to some of the big music halls and whatnot that uh, you know bands play at out there. Yeah, like I mean, definitely hit up like I guess Madison Square Garden, Irving yeah, Plaza. Madison. Yeah, exactly. Also, I mean, like the Acheron and St. Vitus, just for like the underground shows too. And I mean, it's just like that's a lot of fun too for just like the real extreme bands because you're not going to see right. that at, at Madison Square Garden. But um, you're you're all. Let's talk about your role as like a musician too. Um, how you you were telling me recently, like I, I got to talk to you this week. Um. Maniac uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, but you're getting back into uh, playing practice sessions again. What's up with that? Uh, funny enough, uh, yeah, we've been on a little over a year hiatus, and uh, actually uh, just recently, I think we all met up uh, for the uh, Enforcer show that just came through Portland, and uh, all decided, yeah, let's, you know what, it's time to get back on this, and, uh, you know, get this heavy metal machine rolling again and we actually had our first practice that friday the day before this whole vest thing came back so it's actually kind of bizarre that you know our very first show the vest goes missing and then we disband for a while decide to get back together the night after our first practice in over a year then the vest resurfaces (laughs) pretty bizarre so you have any um inclination to maybe do some new songs anytime soon yeah absolutely um we actually already have about two or three songs that aren't on our uh the axe demo 
and uh, we've got some other ones coming up, and we're planning on uh, releasing a full-length album here in the next couple months. You thinking of maybe Headsplit Records or something like that to put it out? Yeah, absolutely. We're entertaining a couple different ideas, but uh, Headsplit Records is definitely going to be one of them that we're looking into. Now, um, you're also in another band called Mangled Corpse. Tell me about that band, just because I'm really very unfamiliar with it. Um, Sergio uh, Ginez, the drummer for Maniac, is actually the singer for that band. And uh, there's uh, two other guys. They're, they're younger than me. Uh, the drummer is actually 18. But uh, they, they had started the band, and uh, we're gonna about to play their first show on Halloween, and they uh, were looking for a bass player, so they ended up uh, hitting me up. And I was, I was you know, uh, initially not sure if I was even going to stay in the band, but just, you know, they needed a fill-in bass player. They are playing old-school death metal, so I was all about it. First show we played, and, you know, I was, it, that was it, you know. That was the lineup, and ever since then, we've been uh, playing shows pretty consistently with other bands like Torture Rack and uh, Funebrarum. We got a show coming up with uh, Cemetery Lust and some other bands, and actually, as of today, we're going to be opening up uh, Friday, the first day of Famine Fest. Wow, awesome. And, and um, we, no, go, go on, continue, sorry. Uh, yeah, that. we actually, uh, we just released our first demo, uh, The Summoning of Satan, uh, through Headsplit Records. And, like, how, how large of a release is that? Is that, like, 25 or 50 cassettes or something like that? Um, I think total it was uh, 150. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, by the looks of it, I mean it's only been out a couple days, and I think we're going to have to definitely be pressing some more. <laughs> wow! <laughs> they're they're going like hotcakes. Now, what's been some of like the coolest things to happen to you since the Rolling Stone story? Um, out in a well, the other night I got like a a dollar lap dance pretty much i went up to the rack and there's this hot redhead and she recognized me from uh you know the rolling stone and uh the the uh news station interview and you know she was pretty i just went up and sat at the rack and you know pretty much all, all two songs was getting a lap dance right there at the rack <laughs> and uh i mean i don't know the definitely hasn't uh hasn't hurt with the uh attention from the from the ladies but i guess besides that i mean it's just been a pretty cool experience have you been noticing like um much movement on like uh your albums because it's like you're telling me like that mangled yeah. corpse demo it's just like it's really selling hard yeah and uh i mean even even before uh you know all, all of this going on i think a lot of people just really dug our sound and then this was a huge opportunity to get that out you know beyond just uh just our you know local you know metal community a lot of other people have now had a chance to uh check it out because of the article going in rolling stone so it's been really good for the band 
and a lot of uh, positive feedback, you know, from all over the world. Have, like, um, any, like, metal-type people, like, what kind of metal major metal sources have contacted you besides, like, Rolling Stone and the Metal Sucks people and, I guess, Blabbermouth, too? Uh, uh, like, uh, Metal Hammer and uh, Metal Injection, uh I mean, I'm trying to think of them all, but there's there's been uh, actually quite a few, and a lot of them in uh, different countries as well. And I actually, I've been contacted by uh, you know some of my like metal heroes, just telling me that they've been following the story and that they really dig uh, what the what the bands are doing. One of which was the uh, the singer for Hallow's Eve uh, messaged me, which I thought was you know one of the coolest things ever, except. I've just always been like a massive Hallow's Eve fan and really dug his vocals. Was that Stacy? Yeah. Yep. Wow, like I was talking with Doyle the other night and um he, he just couldn't believe how the story was going too. But um I guess You're talking with Doyle? Doyle Bright. Oh, right on. From Rigor Mortis, you know, and also yeah. Hallow's Eve. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, Doyle's a really awesome dude, and he's uh, done a couple of interviews with me in the last year, and uh, hopefully I may see an interview with him end up in a metal zine that you might know about. But um, you have anything to say else on uh, any musical projects you, you're getting into or you're acquainted with? Uh, yeah, uh one of which uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can say, but uh, it's a. Uh, it's like uh, you know what you'd call a, a female dog. It's leather. You know, the B word. That's like a total sleazy, uh, heavy metal band that I'm starting up with a couple of guys. Uh, one of which used to play in Slut Vomit, and. Uh, oh wow. And then the other one, uh, Nasty Nate from Cemetery, he used to play in Cemetery Lust. Me, him, and Andrew Sylvia from Magnabolt just started a three-piece. Uh, it's like a like 70s psychedelic heavy metal band. That, and that band, I'm uh, playing drums and doing lead vocals. So that that is something that's uh, you know underway, and hopefully we'll be playing shows by the summer. But I'm really stoked on that project. What is Nasty Nate doing in that project? Uh, he plays guitar. Okay. Have you talked to any of the uh, Portland uh, labels about getting anything uh, concrete for uh, the first demo release? Or is it like you're still just working on, like, I guess, rehearsals and things of that nature right now? Uh, both. We've been in contact with uh, Time Warrior, Chaos Force, and uh, Head Split. So uh, we're just trying to, you know, kind of also just entertain uh, you know, different different options and trying to figure out. But uh, the plan is to release a uh, a ten inch for our demo for Demon's Bell. And uh, you know, once that's finished, and we'll you know probably have like a, a four song EP, and uh, we figure do it on a ten inch so we can get all the songs on there. And ultimately, it's going to sound you know a lot more crisp than putting it on a seven. I see. You have anything else you'd like to say? Um, 
rock hard, ride free <laughs> all day and all night. Now, that's what life's all about. Final words, bro. Uh, keep, you know, keep keep watching. Uh, there's going to be some big things coming up, and you know, this summer and this whole next year for Maniac, Mangled Corpse, and Demon's Bell, and the other bands. So uh, just you know, stay tuned and keep supporting. This is Meshack Attack from Mangled Corpse, Maniac, and Demon's Bell, and you're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. Awesome, bro. You be safe out there, and I hope you get your vest real soon. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Definitely, man. Stay heavy, bro. Peace. All right, you too. Later.